The following episode has been recorded in advance of tonight's broadcast. Welcome. You're listening to Mark My Words here on the Life Coach Radio Network. I'm Mark Shaw, broadcasting from New York City. I'm a certified life and business coach, and twice per month I host Mark My Words, which is a life coaching-oriented show where I interview various people with inspiring life stories of overcoming adversity. I also speak with authors of great coaching-related books and programs, as well as many others who have great things to say. And I sometimes coach listeners who call in live on the air. So tune in the first and third Sunday of every month. Tonight is another coaching hour, and we already have some callers in the queue, so we're going to jump right in and get started with some coaching here on Mark My Words. And it appears that our first caller is on the line waiting for me, and that's Casey from Chicago. Casey, thank you for calling in on Mark My Words, and uh, how you doing today? Thanks for having me, Mark. Oh, you're welcome. Glad you're here. What am I helping you with tonight? Well, I was hoping you could help me with my, um, I guess one way to say it is my struggles with dating. Okay. Um, I've, I've definitely dated people before, but it's, um, it's something that I feel more anxiety about than joy. And so the fact that I've been, like I've been single for the past year, pretty consistently is troublesome, but also I'm like, well, um, I'm okay with it. I, I, I mean, I have a lot of conflicting feelings mm-hmm. to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So one thing that I might want to get out of this session would be some new energy around dating to where I felt open to it because I, I don't generally feel open to dating for the most part. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you've got some mixed feelings around dating. You've been single for a while. Uh, you said that you feel uh, more, more, le- less joy and more, was it anxiety that you said? Yeah. 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 So more anxiety than joy uh, in dating. You're kind of okay being single, but kind of not. Uh, so you've got a lot of conflicting feelings around it. Um, yeah. Okay. And you're looking for to just have a little bit more of a, a little bit of a sense of more renewed energy uh, around around dating. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, tell me a little bit about why why is it important to you to tackle this? Yeah. Well, it's important because the you know the the times where I have given myself to. Um, you know, being in a partnership or like uh, really having a, what I felt was like a meaningful connection was, um, it did bring me a lot of joy. And I, I think I felt more connected to humanity in general when I was, you know, dating someone in a, in a really serious way. And yet, you know, I haven't, you know, even beyond like the time I've been single, I haven't been, you know, in a meaningful relationship that lasted very long for some years. And actually, like, um, I've only been in one since I came out as gay. And I, I guess like some of the some of the hard feelings around this are like I feel like I'm maybe somewhat broken, or like oh gosh, there's just no love out there for me. Um, mm-hmm. especially with women, you know. Mm-hmm. And how, how long ago did you come out as gay? Um, about seven years ago. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so, so I'm hearing that it's important because, you know, you, you want joy and connection uh, in your life. And that somehow one thing that it sounds like it's in your way might be an underlying belief that you're you're somehow damaged or broken and therefore won't really be able to find that. Mm, yeah. So I'm curious, where does the belief that you're somehow broken come from? 
Well, I think it could very easily come from the fact that um, my parents don't quite accept me for where I'm at and would really love to see me um, dating a man. Mm-hmm. And it's just completely ridiculous to me. Um, but it still has a... Um, it's like intellectually I can be one place and say, oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. But um, I guess maybe my heart is, is, if nothing else, is broken by that, that, you know, I'm... I don't feel like I'll ever be able to bring home uh, someone who I have a really strong connection to, to my family. And that's, I think that, that belief in and of itself stops me from even getting involved with people. Mm. So your, so your family's acceptance of your being gay is what it sounds like you're identifying as uh, a huge thing that's in your way of pursuing yeah. dating with any degree of enthusiasm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so first of all, I, you know, I just want to acknowledge, you know, coming out to, to parents uh, is so hard. How, how old are you? I'm 27. Okay, so, um, yeah, and, you know, I think I came out to my parents, I think I was 26, so at about the same age. And, you know, it's so hard. And it's hard when you're if you're 15 or 12, <laughs> and it's hard if you're 27 or 37. Um, and it seems that part of the human condition is that our parents' acceptance is important to us, no matter how old we are, no matter what age we are, we're at in life. So it makes sense that your parents having a struggle with accepting you is going to get stuck in your craw. And that even though intellectually you can hold it in a place of, all right, well, you know what, that's, that's their stuff. Inside, it holds a very different place, one that holds you back. Definitely. Yeah. So tell me, what, tell me about the importance to you of being able to have whoever you're involved with be a part of your family in the way that most families embrace their sons and daughters' partners? Mm, Yeah. Well, it truly would be um, ideal, um, you know, for me, especially because they, you know, I have four brothers and, and my parents will wholeheartedly embrace them and their and their spouses that they have so far um, so it, you know it would be ideal and um, yeah I guess it, it's even a little bit hard to admit that because at this point in uh, in my life I am pretty sure at least, at least for right now they're they're not accepting and, you know, have even expressly said that they would not come to my wedding if I was to get married and stuff like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. so so in some ways, the fact that they have, at least for right now, already admitted they're not going to, you know, want to really accept a spouse of mine into their lives, it makes me not even want to introduce that person. And it almost feels like getting into a relationship would be choosing between a new person to love and choose and or my family, mm-hmm. which is pretty weighty. Which is pretty what? Pretty like heavy or I said weighty. I'm not sure. Yeah. Word, but, you know. How does it How does it feel to say that? Um, it's terrible. <laughs> What's the emotion that uh, comes up? Oh, um, heart, like heartbreak, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like devastating. Yeah. Yeah, heartbreaking and devastating. It's a loss, right? It's a huge loss, it sounds like, to experience Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. 
no one wants to be put in a position where they have to choose between their family or someone they love. You know, so to be put in that position, ouch. Of course, that's going to be devastating for you. Yeah. You know, um, I know that, you know, I, I, I have this similar conversations often with people when you know, I volunteer on the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender National Hotline. Um, so we get phone calls all the time uh, with this issue among many others. And, you know, the pain that I hear from people when, they're felt, when they feel like they're in that position of having to make that kind of choice uh, can be immense. So as you say that, that, that rings very true for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, um, I guess it's, I haven't really fully acknowledged that and how painful that is and how painful that feels. And I've had a lot of people um, similar to other losses and grief where people will say something like, oh, well, you don't know what, it's going to happen and maybe they'll change their minds and all that. But, you know, as far as like what information I have now, it feels like that loss is pretty imminent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no wonder I don't want to jump into a relationship and almost like trigger that a loss, I mean, that loss from happening, you know? Sure. Sure. Tell me about a time when... Um, there was something else in your life that your parents disapproved of and you went ahead and did what you knew was right for you anyway, even in the face of the disapproval, and somehow yeah. you managed it and, it and it worked out. Well, that would be, you know, when I decided to change careers, um, I you know, was working in one profession as an accountant and I wanted to get into coaching. It just so happened. And uh, even though they didn't approve and they couldn't see the practicality or, you know, uh, why I might do that, I went ahead and got training anyways. And, and everything, I could just feel that, that it was like the right choice for me and so much more <laughs> fulfilling and what I wanted. And it's not like I'm totally self-sustaining and, and on the other side of that with a booming business, but I already know like this is, this is what I want to be doing and it, and it feels so much better than spending my time in a profession that I did not care for at all. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's already a victory. Like, Oh, I've got something really cool. I'm doing that. I enjoy doing and, you know, so, yeah. That's how, cool. how, pos- how possible is it that you'd feel that way or similarly um, once you're on the other side of this and you're married to the woman of your dreams and still having to manage maybe some of your family's, uh, your family's stuff about that? Yeah. I, I think it's very possible. Yeah. What would it take to be able to to do that, just like you did when you decided, when you made your career choice? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Um, well, I guess I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, what, what helped me to still make that career choice. And I think it was, like, getting the support of people around me, um, talking about uh, my feelings as they were coming up and... Um, researching and investing <laughs> anyways and I'm not sure exactly how that plays into this like how to invest in like a wife or something um, even just the idea of like opening up my heart um, seems like a good idea tell me more about that I was just talking to someone about this yesterday and I think that like I likely send off the uh, the vibe that I'm not um, interested in dating. Like, I've, um, I'm pretty much not thinking about it when I'm talking to people um, mm. versus, 
especially I have this really clear example of this um, this guy in my life who is always looking out for like someone to date and he's always like cultivating these relationships with women which I find to be somewhat creepy but I'm like the complete opposite where um, everyone is very human and like has all this dignity and it's almost like I feel like you know of course I like I want to date someone who I feel has dignity but um, it's like uh, I don't know how how to like cross that barrier it seems like um yeah, I definitely have some mental blocks there about like um who I would even want to date or like how to meet those people in a way that feels natural. Mhm. Yeah. What what would you want your ideal relationship to look like? Hmm. I guess I I would want that to look like, you know, open, open and honest sharing, um, you know, supportive, comforting, um, inspiring, Mm -hmm. um, and someone who I can talk to about anything or like, I mean, uh, but yeah, but just feel like I can talk. And, and just spend all this time together. Um, it, it really is, you know, what ideally I would want is, uh, is like a long-term um, relationship. That's, yeah, and also fun. I mean, you know, uh, what the other thing that I do is I'm also a comedian. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to laugh, so someone who I can laugh with and and who wants to do fun things. Mhm. Yeah. So laughter, certainly humor, those are important values for you. Definitely. Mhm. Yeah. So it's interesting because as you talk about what you want in that relationship, um, I hear a bit of limited enthusiasm around that. Mhm. What do you what do you what do you want to say about that? <laughs> I think there's there's definitely you know something hanging in my mind saying ah you're never gonna find that or you know or almost like yeah there's definitely some sort of uh, um, negative thing in my mind that's like no oh, it's not gonna happen so. Uh, I, I definitely run into this a lot, especially when I'm trying to be specific about what I want. Is like, you know, there's something that says you're not going to get it. You know, don't don't hope for that because you're not going to get it. So beyond just in dating, that message comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. So, and and what's the belief that you have that ultimately leads you to the conclusion that it ain't going to happen? All right. I guess it probably, you know, boils down to I'm I'm not worthy of you know, a loving relationship. And I mean, who knows? That might come from the fact that I didn't really have a loving relationship with my parents, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so it's, you know, just you know, I'm just guessing. Like that might contribute to feeling like, well, you're not worthy of it. You never have had it, and you're not going to. Mm. So let me ask you this: Just because sure. you've not had it before, why must the, you be destined to never have it? Mm. Well, I certainly am not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so it's possible. Yeah. Right. It's possible that you can that you can create that. Um, yeah, you know, and it's and it's interesting too, uh, because it's it's like it sounds like you 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 almost have an opportunity here to be quite intentional 
in creating something very, very different around relationships in your life than you've been taught was possible. Yeah. You know, because we get taught stuff and, you know, we learn what's possible. And it's not learning like, oh, I know it and I can recite it. It's learning like we believe it and experience it and it's, it's reality. All right. You know, um, it's like the, the, the firefly metaphor. If you take a firefly or a lightning bug, you put it in a jar and you put a lid on the jar. It jumps to try to get out and it keeps hitting the lid. And after a while, you can take the lid off the jar and they won't jump out. They'll only jump as high as where the lid was because they believe that's the limitation. They've learned mm. it, you know, and yeah. we're the same way, right? So what are you hearing that for yourself? Mm. I, uh, you know, interestingly, I'm like, oh, you're right. Like there's, there's definitely different ways to having relationships and, um, And I've already seen that, you know, like in, in like the friendships that I have, they probably transcend what I ever thought friendship could look like. Mm-hmm. And why not, you know, cultivate that? Like I love how you said that intentional, you know, to be very intentional about what it is that I'm um, creating, I mm-hmm. guess, in a, in a connection. Yeah. So yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, sure. So, because here's the thing, you have plenty to offer in a relationship. How much do you know that? <laughs> uh, um, well, I know that about halfway. I mean, I believe you to some degree. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So, what would it take to get another 25% of that there? Yeah. You know, have you, I'm, I'm curious as to, do you go on dates and they don't work out? Do you get into relationships and they don't last? Or does it not even get there? Yeah, good question. Um, well, you know, as of late, as of recently, I haven't been on a whole bunch of dates. So, um but, you know, the last few I've been on went really well, but then, you know, I got some, uh, the same excuse both times about, oh, I just got out of a relationship, but, which I didn't know ahead of time. Um, but, like, even the last few relationships I've had, they've been really intense, but short, like only a few months long. And um, I don't know what that is, you know. I think I'm I'm wanting to judge myself based on, based on this history, you know, of, you know, almost saying to myself, well, see, you know, you're not ever going to have a long-term relationship because you sure haven't for quite a long time. And um, But to be fair, I know a lot more of, like, what I'm, you know, who I'm looking to be in a relationship with and what that looks like. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, cause, I mean, the reason I asked that is because you, you know, you said that you you have the the that I don't deserve it gremlin message going on, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if that's what's at the core of this, it's not really then about the strategies of how to make the dates better or how to make the relationships work, right? It's really about right. getting to the core of like, well, where's that coming from, and yeah. how can you break that up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, because you know. One of the things that I believe is that if you're here on the planet, you were born here, you're certainly worthy of relationship, love, and, you know, lasting connection with another human being. It's kind of what we're designed for. So, you know, by that alone, you are certainly deserving of the relationship that you want. You know, and it sounds like it's, it's very strongly connected. Your belief in that is strong, very strongly connected to your, uh, your parents' opinion. Yeah. You know, what would yeah. it take for you to, uh, to, to really begin to separate your desires, your dreams, values, and goals 
from those that your parents may have and your beliefs from those that your parents may have in such a way that you remain in relationship with them so that you don't have to choose. Because mm-hmm. I believe there is a way to do it without having to choose between them. It's different right. for everybody, so I don't know how, but I believe that I, I believe that exists. Yeah, of course. Well, and I think, you know, what comes up for me is is learning how to set boundaries better and and actually doing what I haven't done fully with them, which is to say, you know, well, this this person is important to me, and you know, um, I don't know exactly what it is based on like you know uh, what would be happening, but I mean, even asking for respect in certain you know ways treat treat that person, or you're going to hear about it from me, and like we won't come back, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that would make a lot of sense because. Um, Otherwise, I feel like they're just, they just get to do whatever they want, and, and I'm, I just like, you know, let's work. Right, it goes unchallenged. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I would imagine that as a comedian, you challenge a lot of stuff, <laughs> right? That's what comedians do, we, right? We, we challenge perceptions of everything. We twist the perceptions into humorous ways. We're always challenging and pushing and pushing very true you know um so you've you've got that in you yeah i'm wondering too how can you use your sense of humor as a tool in being effective in this Hmm. um as far as dating or communicating with Uh, all my parents or my grandma yeah any any or all of the above (laughs) Well, I mean, it always helps to laugh about this stuff. I mean, um, I've definitely found some relief in, um, you know, expressing myself on stage um, around Mm -hmm. this. Mm, And also just, you know, (laughs) bringing that lightness, that... um, sense of humor to my interactions with parents and um and everything it just it just helps because yeah then we get to laugh and that um cuts the cuts the tension of whatever Mm -hmm. else might be going on yeah yeah definitely a little comic relief is always helpful in intense intense situations, you know, and who knows, you may get up there and, uh, you know, on stage and laugh and talk about this in such a way that totally inspires some woman in the audience who's going through the same thing or who just admires your courage and strength in being able to do that and can't wait to meet you (laughs) and date you as a result, you know, because that's the thing. When we're really being ourselves totally authentically and using our gifts and obviously you've, you know, you've got a gift for performing, you've got a gift of humor, right? When you're using that gift, you're like resonating up there and you will attract people that do as well, right? Very true. If if you're putting out instead, oh, I'm not really sure I can do this and my parents, you know, then, well, you resonate at a lower level and then you attract other things that might not work out too well for you too, right? Right, yeah, makes sense. You know, yeah, and you also by doing that, you raise the 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 uh, you raise how how anybody around you is resonating, including your family. Mm. And so, what doesn't even seem possible for their perceptions to you right now, who knows? Right? It may very well be. I've seen enormous shifts in parents that were totally unexpected. Yeah. You know. No. And I have, so it's I always have possible. To. You have to. Yeah. 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 So, so what would it take to hang on? To, I feel like we have a little bit of a shift here for you. What would it take to hang on to those possibilities and bring that kind of light and love into your dating world? Oh, it would be fun. Um, 
yeah, I think it would it would help enormously because right, I'm like when I'm resonating at this you know low level of energy, it's it's not uh, not very effective, and it's not really where I want to be. Um, yeah, yeah. And you get to choose it, not your parents. Yeah. So, great. So, what's what would you say is the biggest insight you got from this conversation? Hmm. Well, uh, I would say that you know that I do have a lot to bring to the table, and especially when I'm being most authentically who I am, uh, that shows that shows, and it might attract the very thing that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. <laughs> great, great. Well, very good, Casey. I'm glad that uh, that you at least got that insight. It's it's a long road, you know. Sometimes, sometimes uh, uh, these coaching conversations, you know, lead to huge steps ahead very quickly. And sometimes it's you know it's incremental. Uh, this is one of those things. It sounds like it's gonna be a little bit more incremental uh, for you because uh, there's a complex system of a family involved. But uh, it sounds to me like you're you're on the way. I believe you're going to get there, because um, you you have the ability to see inside yourself and really look uh, and make the shifts necessary in your perception of the challenge, and that's really what's going to get you through it. Definitely. So, great. Well, thank you for calling in to mark my words tonight, Casey. Really appreciate the call. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Mark My Words is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio, you'll get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And there are some great titles that relate even to tonight's topic. Wired for Dating, how understanding neurobiology and attachment style can help you find your ideal mate. Everybody wants someone to love and spend time with, and searching for your ideal partner is a natural and healthy human tendency. Just about everyone dates at some point in their life, yet few really understand what they're doing or how to get the best results. In Wired for Dating, psychologist and relationship expert Stan Tatkin, author of Wired for Love, offers powerful tips based in neuroscience and attachment theory to help you find a compatible mate and go on to create a fabulous relationship. Using real-life scenarios, you'll learn key concepts about how people become attracted to potential partners and move toward or away from commitment, and the important role the brain and nervous system play in this process. Each chapter explores the scientific concepts of attachment theory, arousal regulation, and neuroscience. And with a little practice, you'll learn to apply these exercises and practical techniques to your dating life. So if you're ready to get serious, or not, about dating, meet your match, and have more fun. This book will be your guide. And now, back to Mark My Words with certified life and business coach, Mark Shaw. And now we're back for our second caller, and our second caller is Ginger. Ginger, welcome to Mark My Words. Thanks, Mark. I'm really excited to be here. Well, great to have you here. What am I helping you with tonight? Okay, well, uh, I really want to take a look at um, my my judgmentalness, if that's a word, okay. how I'm judgmental okay. Um, okay. In, in different situations. Okay, great, great. So tell me a little bit about what you mean when you say uh, judgmental. What's that mean to you? It means that I am always comparing myself to other people, and, mm-hmm. and, and I never come out on top. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I feel, so when I'm in that state of mind, it's, it, I am putting other people down, but I recognize that it's in an effort to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? 
It does. And actually, that's usually the motivation when somebody cuts somebody else down and puts them down. That usually is the motivation, right? Um, so actually, I'm, I'm impressed with your awareness of that. And I think that that's a very good place. It's a good starting place for you uh, to, to, to have that awareness uh, to help you move past it. Thanks. Sure. So, so tell me a little bit about that. What, what is the belief that you have that ultimately, like about life, about yourself, about people, that ultimately drives you to do that? It, it comes from a place where I just can't be average. I have to be the best at fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely exhausting, and it's unattainable. Mm. So I get that. Okay. But it's but it's this complete default where I go to, and I just go so fast to that, and then behaviors come out of that. Right. Okay. So, so what I'm hearing then is that you, you have a belief that you've got to be the best in absolutely everything. And since you can't be, when you start feeling that you can't be or that you're not, that's when the anxiety comes up and the tendency to then start to put others down uh, shows up. Right. Now, just to be clear, it's not, you know, outward putting down of others. It's all in my head. Okay. Okay. So it's all oh, in your head. Oh, it happens yeah, yeah, all yeah. internally. And then oh, you, totally. you said behaviors that show up. You said that you used that phrase right. a few moments ago. What, so tell me a little bit about, uh, about those behaviors. Okay. So that's, you know, and I think that that's pretty important because if, you know, my thoughts are going that, oh, you know, why is this person doing that? Why, you know, all this, oh, what are they talking about? Whatever it is that I'm being judgmental about. Um, what happens is I'll, um, I'll try to one-up them with a, a witty comment or something I think is um, the opposite. Uh, I will try to prove a point to the opposite of what they're saying or mm-hmm. um, those kinds of behaviors that are really not becoming um, anymore for me or, you know, they're not. So, I, I, you know, I either try and get noticed by humor or, um, so that's really, I think that's what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can you uh, give me an example of what you're talking about? Um, Okay. So we'll be at a dinner party, let's say, Uh 10 people around a table. And um, they'll be talking about something that, you know, maybe a controversial issue or so. And I don't really like the person that's speaking. And, but, and I, so I will take the opposite view of them, whether I believe in it or not. I know, sounds a little crazy. I hear you, Mark. <laughs> but <laughs> no, It's actually a common thing. I, I, I know several people that do that. Um, but it's it's just you know it's and that's just a very I mean that's not a, a a common example for me it's more you know I use a lot of my humor to um, get people to turn their attention towards me or to that kind of thing but that's a you know that's an you know an interesting um, example of. Something I do, you know, that, and I, I always pride myself of being authentic, and so I'll take a, an opposite, not an opposite, but a differing view of something just because I don't like somebody. Right, which, of course, is not very authentic. No, exactly, and that's why I bring it up. So that yeah. kind of came up for me as I was speaking. So, you know, it's interesting. I, I, get, I get the sense as, as you're speaking, Ginger, that <clears throat> that in moments where you're not feeling good enough, um, the, 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 the need arises to, to come out ahead um, and taking the spotlight and the attention in some way in that moment seems like something that satisfies that need in the moment. 
Yeah, bingo. Like, at least if they're yeah. looking at me and focused on me and my humor, my sarcasm, my debating abilities, right, they won't see that I'm really feeling inadequate right now. Right. And why not just be quiet and learn something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's, you know, and that's a great question. Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. I, I'm glad that you asked that. I'm going to ask a, a different angle of that. What is the belief that you have that prevents you from being quiet and learning something in those moments? Oh, God. Uh, that's a much better question than the one I asked. I prefer to. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Um, my belief is, geez, and you know, and I, I don't know if it's a belief or something's broken. I feel like if there's something bro- more broken in me that has, I have a need to be seen. And be heard. And, uh, you know, and that's a, that's a real deep-seated, um, be- I guess it's a belief, you know, that, and I know exactly where it comes from. Um, it's that my worthiness is based on my humor. And that's how I got my father's attention in my family and so i know that that's where it comes from if i am the funniest i get praised Mm -hmm. and um you know if i'm witty and smart and um so that's where it comes from so that perhaps answers the question of the belief okay so yeah so i'm hearing then that it, it that being witty being sarcastic being humorous Putting somebody down in a humorous way, um, these are all ways of getting attention and approval. Um, what I'm curious about is the one remaining piece of the, of the attention and approval that doesn't fit into the humor thing, and that is the taking the opposing viewpoint. How does that serve you? Or how does uh, it think serve you? Yeah, I think it's still gets attention, it's an attention seeker as well as uh, look how, it's a way of putting somebody else down actually um, to, to saying, well, your point of view lacks some merit. Let me show you the opposite. Gotcha. Okay. So, so it's about, it's about um, putting them down and taking the spotlight. Humor is one way of doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. debating and taking the opposing viewpoint, whether that includes humor or not, is another way of doing that. Correct. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. Is that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And you said that that's how you won your dad's approval. Right. Right. So how, what, what, what is the impact that it actually does have on you? Well, um, sometimes it has a great impact in terms of the reception I get. So if the audience, so to speak, uh, is receptive, laughing, says you're great, I get filled up. So there's a payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's a big payoff for it. Yeah. Even though I know. Yeah, go ahead. Well, let me ask you this. What, what, what is it that you truly want? Like kind of overall um, and in, in those kind of situations, what is it that you really truly want? I just want to be a part of, just one of the crowd. I really do. Okay. I want to so be. So you want to feel connected. I do want to feel connected to people, and I want more than anything is to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, even though I get the praise, there's a little voice inside me that says, you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing, Ginger, that you want authenticity, you want uh, connection, you want relationship, right? Uh, yeah. To others. So how well is the strategy that you employ for getting that that we're talking about? How well is that working for you at getting that? You said there is a bit of a payoff at times. Yeah, there is a bit. So I would say it's a 50-50 because first, certainly there are moments that there's that payoff and but I, you know, and, and so, and I'm just going to focus on the moments where I know it's inauthentic mm-hmm. because I am funny and I have a gift and I mm-hmm. use it. And when I use it properly, it does connect me to people. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that, but on sure. the flip side is sometimes it falls flat. Sometimes. Yeah, so that's my next question is, what is it costing you? So tell me about that. So it keeps me separate from people. It Mm. um, puts me, um, sometimes, I, you know, the feedback that I get is that I'm intimidating. Mm -hmm. And I'm untouchable. I don't know if that's the right word. Unapproachable? Unapproachable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. So it actually has the, the opposite effect of what you truly want, is what I'm hearing you say. It pushes people yeah. away. It, it, people find you unapproachable. People feel intimidated by you, right? And that doesn't get you connection, relationship, right? Right, right. Absolutely. So how valuable would it be if there was a way to get the connection uh, and the relationship um, that didn't cost you all of that. Extremely valuable. What I strive for. Yeah, sure. Sure, because that's what I'm hearing is that, you know, you really value uh, being part of life, being part of the people that you're around, uh, being part of what's going on and being liked and being seen, right? and it sounds like it's a little painful that, when, that what you're doing to try to do that uh, very often creates the opposite for you. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, of course, it would be valuable to you then um, to, to, to have a way of doing that that doesn't cost you all that. So, tell me, what might that be? You already started a little bit earlier. You alluded to something that might, that might help turn that around for you. What was that? Do you remember? Hmm. Um, it was when you said, why don't oh, I just... Oh, keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. all of a sudden, I become silent, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing when, you know, to... And I've had moments of it, Mark, where I'm totally mindful, present, and where I feel that anxiety kick up in me, where I must say something. I must, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's, it's extremely painful. It doesn't, I, I haven't done it often enough for it to become something that I see as positive. But I, because I've never actually walked through it. Right. If you know what I mean. So you know what I'm curious about? What if there was something to replace it with? So, you know, shutting it down one behavior, is, is, that's part of the picture. But if we don't replace it with another behavior, it comes back. Right? Well, I could start picking my nose. That would make me, like, not, you know, or <laughs> eating my fingernails. I'm not sure that's going to get you the connection <laughs> and the relationship that you want. That might further repel people, but, no, but you know what I'm thinking of is something like, you know, I once heard, I, I once heard a, uh, a statement that talked about um, connecting with people and being in relationship with people, particularly with regard to business networking um, and also even regards to dating and being a good first date. And the concept I heard was be interested instead of being interesting. Mm. Wow. Now, how would you apply? Yeah. What do you, so, wow. What, what, what do you think of that? 
Um, my initial thought mm-hmm. of that, I mean, I think it's an amazing concept. I find myself so much more interesting than 99% of the people out there. <laughs> Sorry, world. <laughs> Sorry, world. Yeah. I mean, wow. That, that, you, yeah, hey, you know what? You're in good company, you and Donald Trump. Oh, no. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, God, is that something he said? I take it back, I take it back. Uh, well, it's, he says it every day. No, maybe not in those words. <laughs> oh, boy, I take it back. Oh, when yeah. he said, like he says things like, I am the most humble person on the planet. People always tell oh. me how humble I am. He actually said that. So I guess oh, I get yeah. you. <laughs> okay. No, okay. I don't mean to compare you. I don't mean to compare you to, to, uh, to him. But um, anyway, <laughs> but no, but what I hear you saying is that you're, you, you find yourself more interesting than most people, um, than 99% of the people that you know. I, I want to acknowledge you for that seriously for a second, all humor aside. Um, I want to acknowledge you for recognizing that that's the way you see it, because that's not an easy thing to say. And to be vulnerable enough to yourself and to others to be able to say that, I think is, um, because I hear you say it on two levels. I hear you say it from, from, you know, from a bit of an arrogant place, too. It's like, because you really believe that to a degree. But... Mm -hmm. On the flip side of it is also an awareness of, can you believe I actually think that way? I know that that's a problem, but it's what I think. Right, that's right. what I hear. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, those people who know me know me as, you know, very, uh, you know, dying to, to change and make connections. And I know what stands in my way. Yeah. And yeah. um, how and I and that is exactly how I've tried to approach um, situations in the last year or two is be quiet. Let's hear what other people say. Yeah, because you and know I, what? Here's here's what I'm yeah, curious about with that is that if you're not taking the time to hear other people and really get to know and be interested in them, how do you really truly know? that you're more interesting than them, or mm. that, let's rephrase that, because uh, right, I'm more interesting than 99%. That's, that's like so far to one side. Let's kind of pull it to how would you know that they don't have something valuable to contribute to you, right? Yeah, it, yeah that's incredibly judgmental. Yeah. And, I mean, I see, when you phrase it that way, mm-hmm. that's arrogant, judgmental, and it's not – the way I want to be, but I, I I really, I've tried and, you know, and that's, and that's a load of crap too, but in moments where just as I've tried to keep my mouth shut and I haven't really followed through, Mm -hmm. I've tried to listen to people and to ask people questions Uh and, you know, and uh, find out what's going on for them. Are your questions, do they tend to be closed-ended questions or open-ended questions? Oh, I'm really practicing my open-ended and really trying to get conversation starters. Really, that's, you know, that is, um, has always been my goal. Yeah. And, And I think, too, to have those questions come from a curious place, that's the opposite of coming from a judgmental place. It's coming from a real place of curiosity, like a scientist's mind. Like, gee, I wonder what happens if, if I do this. Or I wonder why, you know, this, I wonder why this happens. I wonder why that happens. You know, and really wondering, not concluding subtly that you already know why. It's because the other person's a loser, right? <laughs> um, you know, and right. it's, it's, so it's about coming from curiosity like for example when you tell me that you're arrogant and judgmental right my curious question is well you know so where does that arrogance and judgmentalness come from right and you don't feel judged when I say that but if I was to say well why are you so arrogant and judgmental well now you're going to feel judged right the the difference in the phrasing and the tone of the question right for how can you use so how can you use that when you're trying on the being interested 
instead of interesting piece. Right, and you know, and that's great. And I, you know, I if I could get to that place with people, but actually, I'm going to have know, you rephrase that if to a when. When I get to that place to people, there you go. Mm -hmm. that would be wonderful. However, it's the you know talking about the weather and warming people up before getting in there. Mm -hmm. That's the boring part to me. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, I want to say, hey, I'm Ginger. Tell me about your childhood. You know, most people don't yeah. really, yeah. But, but so. I'm hearing it comes up, though, like if you're talking about a topic already, so you're kind of past the small talk, and then somebody comes up with a point of view that you differ with. Right, right. So you're, already, you're already past the small talk. Yes, 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 yes. You know, so it might be the difference between, oh, no, I disagree with you because I think this versus, hmm, well, that's an interesting point of view. Tell me more about that. Yes, yes. What are you saying there? Oh, I think that's fabulous. Mm -hmm. Boy, is that why you get paid the big bucks? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad that's helpful. <laughs> it's very helpful. That's, you know... That, it's, yeah. that And when it comes up, you know, and I know when it's coming, I feel yeah, it in my feel stomach. I feel yeah. it in my head. Yeah. And, again, it's sitting with that and, and saying it's okay, honey, which I say to myself a lot. It's okay, honey. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, let it go. And then having a different behavior, a different angle. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I need. Yeah, great. So it sounds like you've got a tool now, right, that first of all, when you feel that anxiety, rather than experience it as a bad thing, experience it as an alarm clock. Yeah. It's a wake up. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, okay, time to wake up. <laughs> and right. now you've got the tool after you're awakened uh, to, to actually say something different than what's already been in your, in your repertoire. Right? For and that is, sure. And that's the, wow, so, that's interesting. So tell me more. And then yeah. remember to listen for, you know, who is this person? And I wonder why their point of view is that way, you know? Um, right. I try to do this, I try to do this in political conversations when I have, you know, opposing viewpoints with people. Um, and as I've shared with many people who know me, that is probably one of the most difficult conversations for me to have uh, because I tend to get triggered very easily. Um, and... I try to come from the, the learning place of, well, I wonder what this person believes and thinks and what their values are that are causing them to see this particular issue from that point of view and why they would want this instead of that, why they might be more this and less that, right, instead of just making them wrong for it so that I get to have my point of view prevail. That's mm. a really challenging thing for many of us to do. Um, you know, and, you know, you probably, you can probably see that there will be areas that it's easier for you and areas that are more difficult for you. I think we all have those. Um, but that's like a really good, really good tool for you to try to, uh, to apply for that. To, to Absolutely. To that. Absolutely. Great. Wow. So what's the biggest insight you got from this conversation, Ginger? Oof. I, valuable I, takeaway. The most valuable takeaway is to be interested, not interesting. Mm. That's an amazing thing. And to know, you know, what's really come up for me is that I know my value mm -hmm. and that I don't have to prove it to everybody. Mm. Yeah, great. Love that. I also heard something recently that, uh, uh, that I'll share with you that would be a good note to end on, and that is, I have nothing to prove, only something to contribute. Wow. That's, yeah, that's something to aspire to. Great. Well, Ginger, this is great. Again, I really I admire your self-awareness. I admire how you can call yourself out on your stuff and laugh at it and also be serious enough to want to work on it. I think that's a, that's a pretty uh, helpful combination. So, uh, mm. so, so thank you, and thank you for calling in to mark my words tonight. No, oh, thank you. Extremely valuable. Great. You're very welcome. And feel free to, uh, to uh, you know, keep me posted on Facebook on uh, how some of those conversations go. I look forward to hearing from you. I certainly will. Thank okay. you.
You're welcome, Ginger. Have a great night. You too. Well, that about wraps it up for tonight, as I invite you to mark your words if you'd like. If you have feedback about the show, just go to markmywordsradio.com and scroll down to the feedback link. If you'd like to follow the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, just visit us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Network and then click on the follow button. Also, visit our website at www.lifecoachradionetworks.com and learn about all of our networks. I hope you enjoyed the past hour and that you found it engaging, enlightening, and stimulating. You can listen to Mark My Words live on the first and third Sundays of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as listen to any previous show from my archives at markmywordsradio.com and on iTunes by searching Mark My Words. I look forward to speaking with you all again next time. Thank you for listening to Mark My Words. I'm Mark, and those are my words. Good night. <laughs>